How soon will needle-free drug delivery systems become a reality in the diabetes and vaccination markets? What's the critical factor that will fuel the growth of this technology? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today is Dr. Charles Potter. He is the inventor of the Glide Solid Dose Injector, a needle-free injection technology. He's also CEO of Glide Pharma, which is developing the product. Dr. Potter, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Where are we in terms of the status of uh, needle-free delivery systems? Needle-free delivery systems have been in development for many decades, but traditionally they've been developed using liquids. Typically, if you need to get a drug into the body, people think of a needle and syringe. So people have been developing what is known as a liquid jet injector for many decades. Liquid jet injectors have a fine jet of liquid drug that is drilled into the skin. The problem with these technologies is because every patient has different thickness of skin, it's very difficult to get accurate, reliable, repeatable delivery of the drug. And so those technologies are still in development. However, we have a technology where we're delivering the drug in a solid dosage form. This gives advantages that the drug is typically more stable in a solid dosage form. That means potentially you can get away from refrigeration of the drug or you can get a longer shelf life. It also means that we can get controlled release of the drug to the circulation. In addition, we have a very, very simple way of getting it into the body. And can you describe a little bit about how you actually push it in? Certainly. The drug is formed as a tiny pointed rod, so smaller than a grain of rice, and it has a point on one end. The drug is then pushed into the skin. So the point on the end of the drug creates the hole, and when the drug has been pushed by the device, it is left in the skin where it dissolves and releases the drug to the circulation. As I mentioned, that can either be an immediate release of the drug or it can be a controlled, sustained release of the drug to the circulation. How have other delivery systems worked out? I know flu mist came out a few years ago and it's been kind of mildly received. What are the limitations to that? Is that because you have to freeze it? Freezing it is one of the drawbacks of that particular product. People have tried getting drugs into the body through all sorts of routes. Obviously, if you can take a tablet, then that is normally the easiest way of doing things. But people have looked at patches, they've looked at nasal inhalers, they've looked at other ways of injecting. And all of them have their applications that they're good for. But we have a very different sort of system. We have a very simple system for getting solid drugs through the skin instead of requiring a a standard needle and syringe injection. What about the old standard that Europeans are more comfortable with, which is the suppository? Americans are afraid of that, but the rest of the world has no problems with that. Why not just develop these drugs as a suppository? Will they not work or will they affect the mucosa? Many of these drugs will work with that route of administration, but typically with a suppository, you don't get that accurate, reliable, repeatable delivery. So if you take a drug like, say, uh, insulin for treating a diabetic, they need to know that they're getting the right dose of drug and that they're getting it accurately and it's going to where it needs to get to at the right time. And therefore, that's why most of these sorts of applications come back to an injection. So we have an alternative to the standard needle and syringe that is safer, preferred by patients, much simpler to use in a home environment without any of the issues and safety of having the needles around. What about adverse effects? Are there any sort of inflammatory reactions at the site of delivery? No, the technology 
inherently does not cause any issues in the skin. Obviously, there may be certain drugs that we could put into it that have a local toxicity effect, but none of the drugs that we've used to date have had that issue at all. With a typical injection, we don't see any bruising and we don't see any bleeding. So far, it sounds like a pretty good product. It is, and, and the, one of the main benefits is its simplicity. It is very, very simple to use, very simple to teach patients how to use, so it's applicable for home use delivery and also in the clinic by nurses and doctors for applications such as vaccinations. And again, in third world countries, you don't need to be a doctor to do it. You could probably just teach people how to do it. That's correct. And developing country applications are very important to us. The main obstacles there are getting away from needles, which we've addressed, getting away from all the bloodborne diseases and reuse of the needles, but also getting away from the refrigeration that's required for the vaccines over there. Up to 50% of vaccines can get thrown away because of breakdowns in right, the cold right. chain storage. It's a huge money loser giving vaccines because they, all, they right. all end up expiring. So what would you do with, let's say, a live vaccine? Would you be able to deliver that? Yes, we could. I believe we have not worked on live vaccines yet because obviously we need the right facilities to handle live vaccines. So we have not been using those to date but it is certainly an area that we are examining very closely and talking to a number of partners about. Where do you see the biggest market? Do you see it in diabetes or in vaccination, or you'd be happy with a little of both? The biggest market in terms of numbers are undoubtedly vaccinations in developing countries, but they are probably not the biggest product opportunities in terms of value. So we are looking at a number of different areas, home use, delivery of biologics such as insulin, growth hormone, interferon beta for multiple sclerosis, and a number of others. And those are mostly for industrialized nations. But vaccinations is a very interesting area for us. And that really breaks down into three different categories. There's the industrialized opportunities, industrialized nations, the developing countries, but then also pandemics. So for treating pandemic flu, the technology would be very useful for that. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. My guest today is Dr. Charles Potter, inventor of the Glide Solid Dose Injector. And we're talking about the impact of needle-free delivery systems on diabetes, immunizations, and global health. Dr. Potter, why would a pharmaceutical company be interested in your product versus another delivery system? The pharmaceutical companies have issues these days with their pipelines of new drugs coming through because new drugs are so expensive to bring to market. They are always looking for ways to recycle existing drugs that have known side effects and known toxicity, but are also known to work. And therefore, they're always looking for better ways of delivering those drugs to get either better efficacy or make them easier for the patients to take. And therefore, systems like the Glide SDI, which is extremely easy for patients to use at home, are very appealing to the pharmaceutical companies. They can, in essence, extend their patent life just by changing the delivery system. They can, yes. And typically what happens is, as a drug is coming off patent, a lot of generic versions of that same drug will come onto the market. And so what a pharmaceutical company will typically try to do is bring out a new product a year or two before the patent expires, transfer as many of their patients as possible 
over to their new form of the, the right. drug or the new right. delivery system to preserve that market. What do you have in, uh, let's say, right now, what are you currently studying? What kind of trial is going on as we speak? Okay, we've been working with a number of drugs over here in the UK. One of the lead applications that we have moving forward at the moment is a drug called octreotide acetate, which is for treating a disease called acromegaly. Mm-hmm. This is when you have too much growth hormone in your body. Is there a lot of acromegaly in England? It's not huge numbers, but this is a drug that Novartis, which is one of the top 10 pharmaceutical companies in the world, mm-hmm. they have sales of over $1 billion a year. So it's not an insignificant uh, market either. Have you looked at perhaps using it for, you know, I think of, I, I send a lot of patients home and they have to give themselves subcutaneous Lovenox or, uh, you know, blood thinners. Would it work with that product? Yes, it will work with that product. The main drawback there is the, the actual dose that needs to be delivered. Mm-hmm. So the drugs and vaccines that are most in our sweet spot are the things with the lowest doses. And therefore, we are focused on the drugs that fit in that area. Typically, insulin, growth hormone, interferon beta, PTH, which is used for osteoporosis, are all things that that fit very nicely, and then vaccines as a whole, where we can really add value to those uh, opportunities. Let's get back to the injector a little bit. To transfer something across the dermis, it was my impression that you'd have to do it pretty quick, but it appears that you don't need a lot of speed or velocity with your product. Yes, we are pushing the drug. And that's very important to our technology because it means that we deliver the same amount of drug to the same place in the skin every injection. As far as the patient's concerned, it is instantaneous. You hear a click, audible click from the device as it actuates, and the drug is in. As soon as you've heard that click, if you moved your, your arm at that point, if it's being injected into your arm, the drug would be in place. In real terms, though, it is moving very slowly. So compared to the liquid jet injectors and the powder jet type technologies, which fire powders at the skin, Mm -hmm. we are injecting our drug an order of magnitude slower than those technologies. And that technology, does that use some sort of gas to get it across? The powder jet type technology, yes, that that uses a high pressure helium gas canister. And when the helium is released, it picks up millions of small particles Mm -hmm. and accelerates them to very high velocities. And that then means that the drugs will go into the skin. Is part of the business model kind of like the cartridge theory that, you know, like you buy a razor blade, but yet you have to continue to buy the cartridges for life and you can actually give the machine for free? Yes. Our technology comprises two main components. We have a reusable handheld spring-powered actuator. This can be used hundreds of times. And then we have a disposable drug cassette that is pre-filled with the drug or vaccine. So if a patient has a course of treatment over a month, perhaps 30 cassettes, one for each day of the month, they might get one of the actuators thrown in for free. With some applications that uh, we might choose to look at, like, say, treatment of anaphylactic shock, patients that are allergic to bee stings or nut allergies, you hope they're not going to need the technology very often, and therefore we might have just a fully disposable device so that they use it once and throw the whole thing away. So there's a, a number of different formats that it can be used in, but most of the applications that we're looking at, it would be a disposable cassette and a reusable actuator. Well, I was wondering if you could just kind of give us some conclusions where you'd like to see your product used specifically and why you think your product is revolutionary. 
The Glide FCI, I would love to see being used as, as soon as possible. It's a very, very simple technology. So it is very applicable for home use with an aging population, with many people needing to inject drugs in the home environment. Having a really simple way of doing it where they're less likely to make mistakes is very important. Giving people the freedom to get away from the refrigeration of many of these proteins in the home environment is very important. But the other big application is with vaccines. And I very much want to see this technology being used in developing countries for delivering vaccinations and making the whole population healthier. Well, Dr. Charles Potter, thank you for coming on the show, and I wish you the best of luck with your product, and I I hope to see it sooner than later. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. If you have any comments or questions, please send an email to xm at ReachMD and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Thank you for listening.